the 8 o'clock Mass. I shared some aspects of it. I decided um, there are so many different routes we can take with the Passion Narrative, so those that are watching both the 8 o'clock and, and now can watch, uh, um, will get a different message. Um, at the 8 o'clock, I shared how we grasp onto things, and Jesus demonstrates how not to uh, grasp, and we need his blood upon us. But uh, this, I want to focus on the relationships in particular, the relationship of Peter and Judas, not with each other, but with the Lord. First, Judas. As I pointed out last week and the week before, it's important to listen to the titles that people use for, for Jesus, uh, or the week before, the two weeks before the last week. Um, Judas does something interesting. The apostles say, surely it is not I, Lord, but Judas says, surely it is not I, Rabbi. That's not just a minor little thing. That's saying that Judas didn't really understand who Jesus Christ truly was. And even as he comes to understand what the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the elders, the chief priests had in mind for Jesus, that they were going to have him executed, even then, I am, he doesn't want to be guilty of this innocent man, not Lord. Not God. Perhaps that's why he found it so easy to trade Jesus' life for 30 pieces of silver, because he didn't understand who Jesus Christ truly was. And certainly the chief priests and the, the, the elders of the people did not understand either. That's why they set the price so low. Judas then gives way to despair because he doesn't understand that Jesus can do something about that broken relationship. He just sees that his, this rabbi is going to be killed. That's it. He's done. And he gives up. But then there's Peter. Peter, of course, in the Gospels, is often shown as kind of impetuous, uh, kind of boastful. Time and again, he, he says things and then has to take them back. And surely, Lord, that shall never happen to you when Jesus prophesies his own passion. And, and today in, in this gospel we hear, even if the rest abandon you, Lord, I will never abandon you. I will even give, my, give up my life. Really? Before the cock crows, you will deny me three times, Jesus tells him. And even with that warning, Peter cannot help but fall asleep as our Lord is aligning his will with the Father's will. Uh, the saints who reflect on the, the Passion, who reflect on the Garden of Gethsemane, say that Christ was beginning to take on upon himself all the sins of the world and all the understanding, everything. That Christ in, in that Garden of Gethsemane was seeing all the people that would accept him, but also all the people that would deny him that would walk away from him, that would not spend time with him, who would say basically that his death and resurrection mean absolutely nothing to them. And Peter couldn't even stay awake. How is he going to stay with the Lord in his trial? And so it's no surprise when Peter denies the Lord. In fact, St. Matthew records that he began to curse curse. Surely this man is a Galilean. Even his speech gives him away. 
in St. Luke's Gospel, even his dress gives him away. There's nothing that, that Peter can hide about who he really is. There's no other reason for Peter to be in the courtyard of the high priest than because he's in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And yet he denies, and he walks away and hides. But that's not the end, because Jesus or Peter understood that Jesus was the Son of God, that Peter understood, even though he didn't fully understand, he understood that Jesus could do something about his denial. Unlike Judas, Peter knew that the Lord could forgive, would forgive. Perhaps unlike Judas, Peter understood that Jesus promised, and we even hear it twisted around, but Jesus promised, destroy this temple, destroy the temple of God, and in three days I will raise it up. He's not talking about the temple in Jerusalem. He's not talking about a physical structure. He's talking about the body of Christ, his own body wherein the second person, the Trinity, dwells among us. Peter understood that Jesus Christ was going to rise from the dead, maybe not fully, but understood. That's why Peter can experience reconciliation, and why Judas, giving to despair, kills himself. During this time, this most interesting Holy Week that we've ever had, we have the option both of either denying or, or coming back. But even better yet, to pay attention to St. John's Gospel, as we will hear on Friday. St. John did not abandon the Lord, but stood at the foot of the cross. That takes tremendous courage. May we be given that courage to find ourselves at the foot of the cross during this most interesting Holy Week. I've never had a Holy Week like this, and I hope never again. It's painful to know that we can't have the traditional blessing of palms in the procession, that on, good, on Holy Thursday we will not have the washing of feet, Without a congregation, anyway, it doesn't, we, there's no one to wash, but social distancing requires us not to. On Good Friday, thankfully, we can, can do most of the service live stream, and I encourage uh, you at home to have a crucifix that you can share and look upon as family, instead of just seeing it on the computer screen or TV screen, that you can pass that around, but very, very different. What hurts the most is not being able to have the Easter vigil, even without the blessing of fire. That one hurts. Because these Triduum services are the most beautiful, and part of my own faith is coming at the tender age of four, of understanding who Jesus Christ truly is as he gives himself for me on the cross. how I desperately want to be like St. John. Well, more times than not, I'm more like St. Peter. And honestly, there's times I too am a Judas. I think we all are. But during this time, during this Holy Week, facing it with the pandemic, let us be like St. John, to stand at the foot of the cross, to 
to receive from him mercy and life, to never be parted from him.